James 4 tells us that God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Humble yourself, therefore, before the Lord, and he will exalt you. How might our lives be different today if we really believed that? That God resists the proud, but he does give grace to the humble. That if we just humble ourselves before the Lord, he will exalt us. More important, he'll exalt himself through us. Lord, I pray that your word would take root in our hearts today. That you would encourage and inspire. That you'd give vision. That you'd lead us to action. Through Christ I pray. Amen. One of the things we've started to do on Sunday mornings is ask people to write down, I will. That before the sermon is ever preached, just write down, I will, dot, dot, dot. And then as you're listening to the message, think about what action you'll take as a result. And so as I share this thought with you today from James, and as I share with you the story of John Barrage, I I want you to listen for what God says to you about, I will. I find the story of Scripture, the people that God uses in Scripture, the story that I want to share with you today about a man named John Barrage, so encouraging, because I think most of us feel like the rest of us. What I mean by that is when I was a kid, I remember being in the playground, second, third grade, you'd line up to choose teams for the kickball game. And, of course, one of the best players would usually be one of the captains. And, and you always wanted to be the first person picked. And you never wanted to be the last person picked. That last person picked did their best to maintain their sense of dignity and self-worth. But it was hard being the last person picked. And quite frankly, you wanted to be in the top half picked. But the reality is... Only one person was the first person picked. Everybody else was just the rest. And statisticians and people with great arithmetic arithmetic backgrounds have done the research to discover that half of the people in those kickball games were chosen in the second half. Who knew? But the reality of life is that most of us are not the first. Most of us are the rest. But the good news is that God doesn't just use the first picked on the, on the kickball team. God is a God who specializes in exalting the rest of us for his glory. It keeps us humble and it gives him the glory. How would your life be different today? If you really believed, if we really believed that if we would just humble ourselves before the Lord and offer our limited giftedness to him, our limited time, our limited abilities, our limited knowledge, but if we would just offer it to him, that he actually would do immeasurably more than all we could ever ask or imagine through his power that is at work within us. I pray that God will raise up more people in our generation like John Barrage. Even if you know Christian history well, you probably don't recognize the name John Barrage. Even though in his time, he would have been considered, he would definitely have been one of the most influential ministers 
of his day. Um, he was, if you're making a list of the great Christian leaders of the 18th and 19th century, you would think of names like Whitfield and John Newton, who wrote the great hymns like, um, like Amazing Grace. You would think of John and Charles Wesley, who began the, uh, the, the Methodist church, but also were a part, again, like with, with Whitfield, a part of that great awakening that took place in those centuries, first in Great Britain and then in the New World. You think of names like Spurgeon, who's considered one of the great preachers of all times. Those people would rise to the top. Very few people remember Barrage. In fact, he's sometimes called the forgotten apostle of Bedfordshire. Bedfordshire was just kind of this small town outside of London. Now, granted, Barrage was not the most normal of people. In fact, they they would often call him eccentric. He just spoke in strange ways, did strange things, um, offended people from time to time as a result. But when he traveled to preach, contemporaries said that he would sometimes be able to gather some of the largest congregations of listeners ever known. John Wesley would admire him and, and said that there would be people, back in the day when people had to walk to anywhere, they would walk 14 to 15 miles in one direction just to hear him preach. George Whitfield, again, the leading preacher probably of the Great Awakening, admired him so much he called Barrage a burning and shining light. And when Whitfield was away from his church, he would, ask, he would often ask Barrage to come and fill the pulpit to preach for him. Bishop uh, Riley, who wrote the biography of Barrage, said, if ever there was a case in which we can clearly see the hand of the Holy Spirit on somebody, that case with John Barrage. He observes, had John Barrage lived in London or Edinburgh, he would have been famous for his powerful preaching. But the Lord placed him in an out-of-the-way village where he became the Whitfield of the countryside. John Barrage, they said, was quaint and eccentric, but his strange ways merely added to the appeal and power of his ministry. He would preach to great crowds in rural England. In one year alone, 4,000 people came to Christ as a result of his preaching. And he ministered for over 30 years. Even in his death, John Barrage was unique. Even in his death, he was kind of a rest of us. I mean, I, um, he died when he was 77 years old. He'd been ill much of his adult life. But when he died, his request was to be buried in a section of the cemetery that was known for the burial place for people who died in dishonor. He wanted to be buried with the rest of us, not with the people that were well-known, not with the people who were well-respected, but with the people who had died in dishonor. 
Um, and yet, if you were to be able to ask the question, if, if you were able to be able to answer the question, um, who perhaps had the greatest influence on Christianity in the 19th century, it's not an exaggeration to say Barrage. This forgotten apostle of Bedfordshire is one who not only preached to great numbers, but more importantly, committed himself to mentor and to coach and disciple individuals. Um, a, a friend of mine wrote of Barrage that he was the um, he was the kind of person who encouraged the Wesleys, who led the Whitfields, who influenced the people who became the leading spiritual influences of his day. So today we don't know him because although he could have moved to London and preached in uh, one of the best known or some of the best known pre uh, um, uh, churches in London of that day, although he could have made a name for himself, he actually contented himself with working in small churches in the countryside, but discipling individuals like Newton and the Wesleys and Whitfield who would go on to be those of much greater influence than he would ever be known for. I wonder how many world changers are waiting to be discipled by a self-effacing person like Barrage. How many people do we know who maybe haven't even yet come to Christ? Maybe they have and they're already sitting in the churches among us. But what they need is somebody who is just a normal person like the rest of us, who will disciple them, who will encourage them, who will help them to see God's vision for their life before they see it, who will challenge them to great things, to great sacrifice, to great vision, who will walk with them and pray with them and release them to do greater things. I love that passage that we read at the beginning of James 4. God resists the proud. It's really hard for the best of us to have great influence for the kingdom because there's so much pride that goes along with thinking that we are great and putting confidence in our abilities and knowledge. And God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Humble yourself, therefore, before the Lord. That means we say, Lord, where are the humble places that you want me to serve? Who are the individual people that you want me to love? to share Jesus with, to walk with, to pray with. Lord, I humble myself before you, 
trusting that you will be exalted in your time. Um, there is a well-known phrase that we often use around here at New Life and with church planting circles. Um, it's not original with us, but it's the principle that our fruit grows on other people's tree, other people's trees. That was so true of John Barrage's life. He produced great fruit through his own life, but his greatest fruit was produced even after he was gone through other people's orchards. And so may it be with us. May God raise up some John Barrages through us. May we become John Barrages who are finding the Whitfields and the Wesleys and the Spurgeons and the Newtons and encouraging them. Humble yourself before the Lord and he will exalt you. So what do you hear God saying to you today? I will. My guess is that whatever the I will is, it is a, an act of humility before him. Heavenly Father, make us your people. Make us your church. Lord, it's easy to be content because maybe we are doing better than last year and maybe we have more people coming on Sunday morning than last year and, and people are giving their lives to Christ and being baptized. But when we look in the world around us and we see its lostness, when we look at the future and we see uh, a, a need for a world that is living and walking in darkness without Christ. Lord, light the fire within us. Give us greater vision to walk in humility, trusting that even though we're not the superstars, even though we're not going to be the first pick on the kickball team, that you specialize in using people who are willing to be unknown to make your name well known. Through Christ I pray. Amen. May you and I act today in obedience to Christ. And although we may be unknown, my prayer is that he will make his name well known through us. Hope sees him.